Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the Retirement Readiness Podcast. As always, we have Tim Reagan, the founder here at Prairie View Wealth Partners. Hey, Katie. Hi, and I'm Katie Umland. Um, so we just wanted to start today, I guess, with a little kind of some, some updates. updates. Yeah, yeah. So as you know, <laughs> lots of stuff's changing in our family. We've got all kids off at school and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And this this uh, semester is kind of fun for Maddie. Uh, she's starting an internship. So, uh, so Maddie's down at Milliken. Yeah, yeah, down in Decatur. Uh, obviously wants to, I should say obviously, but you know, uh, wants to be a, a social worker at some point in time working with kids in DCFS. And her internship is really kind of cool. If you consider, if you can say that, because it's you know really given the topic, yeah. 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 Uh, but she's working with a place where if there's somebody who's called DCFS, uh, her agency is like the one that's the initial first responder for, yeah, kind of. Kind okay, of, yeah. Uh, and so it's really kind of interesting that I she can't share with us any of the details, but yeah. Uh, but she's talking to families that are really in crisis and some kids that it's are just like takes such a strong person. I mean, her heart is like. She is made for that, I feel like, but it takes a really strong person to be in that. Yeah, well, we were just talking field. this week because uh, she started on Monday of this week, and as we're talking to her about it, uh, she's like, "We're like, man, how can you, how can you do that?" She's like, "You know, it really has been okay. It doesn't really bother me that much." And all we started thinking about was maybe it's kind of like nurses and doctors. Mm-hmm. You know, they can do stuff Separation. that I could never. Yeah, yeah, I could never put myself in that position to do it. But you know, clearly she's got that gift. So. Yeah, and that's. I mean, that's not even. I feel like this totally tracks with, I wouldn't, I'm not, when she said that that's what she was kind of thinking, I wasn't surprised. Yeah, no, for sure. She, that's who got made her to be. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that's kind of interesting that's for us. That's super cool. Yeah. This is really her first year having a real internship it like is. that. I mean, she's done, always had a job or, you know, that kind of thing, but this is her first like. Yeah. So it, it, I kind of wish, you know, when Lily was up at uh, Marquette, uh, they had gotten her into the classroom like day one of being in school. And so she knew is that being a teacher what yes. I really want to do? I'm, it's like now that Maddie's doing okay, it in her final year, it's go. like we hope, yeah. right? That, uh, and how many times have you heard that? Yeah. Even with teachers yeah. who don't that who don't have that until, um, what do you call it, student teaching? Yeah. And then they're like, yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah, we, had, we had one person that said, you know, I, I thought I was going to be a teacher, but really I got into it and realized I just wanted to decorate the bulletin board. Yeah. I didn't really and that's a, that could be a different job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Now you know. <laughs> now you know. Now you know. So, yeah. Well, well, for Alex and I, we officially closed on our lake house. We sold it. So that is a big check mark. That is, which is so funny because I feel like it was just a couple episodes ago we were talking about. I know. Should you have a lake house? Should you not? I know. Like, this is the, the whole process has been super fast, quick, big decisions. It's pretty much how we do things: is make big decisions and run. run. Yeah. So yeah, but which it's been has exciting. To be somewhat uh, alleviating some of the pressure around new baby and Definitely. all that kind of stuff. It, and now we have one house. We don't have to be driving to maintain both and fi- thinking, okay, Alex is always in this position of, do I leave Katie and Dylan home for them to be together even more yeah, yeah. <laughs> without yep. me and get this work done? Or do I stay home with them, but then the work doesn't get, get done? done. Yep. So, And I feel he's always in like a tough spot of... Well, and it probably helped push him over the uh, edge when you guys had all that landscaping work done and you couldn't set the sprinklers just to run. He had to go down. Go down and, every morning at 4.30 to water. It's pretty easy to say no thank you Yes, that, right? exactly, yeah. exactly. Yep. We uh, celebrated with some non-alcoholic champagne. So. Good deal. <laughs> 
It was very nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the good stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so following this kind of newer format for us, um, the next segment we were hoping to do was called Mailbag. Mail <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I, I, I so feel like we have to have like a song that goes with it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. It's but... like Blues Clues yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, that's right. That must be what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we had somebody write in and say, as interest rates have risen over the past year, what are some things we should be thinking about with our investments? Yeah, so uh, when we think about about that, there's several things. The first one is whenever you see interest rates rising, you you want to start thinking to yourself that you want to start being a net saver versus borrower. So when interest rates are really low, it's easy to go buy a new car and say, you know what, we're just going to finance it because it's 0% mm-hmm. interest. Or uh, it's easy for me to... Uh, if I put an addition on the house, it's easy for me to go buy new furniture and say, I'm going to put it on 0% financing or whatever those things are. And and sometimes people can get caught into this loop of, I don't have to write the check right away, which makes it a more painful purchase. Even if I have the cash, I don't necessarily want to part with that cash. It's much less painful if I, if I go ahead and do something uh, like pay it over time. And so, so the first thing we start telling people is start thinking about making sure that you are a net saver, not a net borrower, uh, as rates go up. Secondly, we're seeing a lot of opportunity now in cash management where it used to be that you were getting nothing on your cash. So cash being your savings accounts, money market accounts, checking liquid. accounts, liquid kind of stuff. Yeah. Look at you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, with that, with that, now it's start. It's time to start saying, "What can I get on my cash? How, where can I put it?" Uh, we're seeing money markets and uh, even high yield savings accounts, CDs that are paying five percent and better, uh, which we haven't seen in years. So, so really look. Number one, start making sure that you're a net net uh, saver versus borrower. And secondly, look and say, "Where is my cash? And am I doing the best that I can with it?" Because uh, there are opportunities there if you're sitting on cash to actually have some to make it work for you, not just yeah. Well, and it's funny because the number of uh, clients that we have where they've had significant savings, the bank's not coming to them and saying, "Oh, by the way, you can put it in this high yield savings account." It's still sitting in that that low yielding savings, and so it really is worthwhile to say, "Let me see if I can get some uh, some better return on this." And and so when we come to this mailbag section. How do people even send in the yeah, questions? Yeah, I was just going to say, if you don't want to wait for the next Stump the Chump, which we do quarterly, if you have a question before the next Stump the Chump, um, you can email in uh, info at pv-wp.com your question. You could comment your question um, on any of the episodes on Facebook or even on, uh, you know, you can't comment on YouTube. Um, but you can comment on on Facebook if you have a if you have a question that you'd like Featured in the, the mailbag. mailbag. Okay, awesome. Or you could mail us the question. Hey, that would be fun. We could actually like have an actual <laughs> yeah, we could, letter. Like, yeah. Open it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so the meat of today, we're talking about uh, Medicare. So this is a topic that I feel like everybody is always super interested in and all always super confused by. And yeah, I feel it's, like there's it's crazy. The uh, what should be a pretty straightforward process. Seems like it's not. And if there's anything to your point, anything people have confusion on, it really does come down to this Medicare. And the number of times people come into the office and say, oh, I'm Help. turning 65. What do I do? How do I need to do this? It's, it really is. It's kind of crazy. It's very confusing. Yeah. 
Um, so first of all, just what is Medicare and what does it cover? Sure. So which is funny, what I always think about is, uh, it'll give you a little bit about how I view government, you know, but if you want to look at how goofed up it kind of is when you're working, you have a major medical insurance policy. You have one policy. It covers your medicine. It covers your doctor visits. It covers you going to the hospital, covers all of those things. When you retire, when you turn 65 and you go on Medicare, you now need Medicare Part A, which covers your hospitalization. You have Medicare Part B, which is for your doctor. Then you have to have a Medicare supplement policy that fills in gaps between those. And you have to have a Medicare prescription or Part D plan if you want to cover any of your prescriptions. Is that because you probably don't use very much when you're younger and you do use a lot when you're older? And so they're trying to... I chalk it up to... If you if you get the government involved, it gets messy. It gets just complicated. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. Like, so so that's my that's my ex- explanation for it. Uh, and what really happens is while you're working, you know that Medicare Part A, that's that hospitalization part. On every paycheck, you're paying premiums while you're working. Okay. And so when you retire, you're automatically, not well, since you retire, uh, when you turn 65, you're automatically enrolled. It doesn't cost you any additional dollars that you've been paying into for your entire uh, entire career. Now, when you're working, if you continue to work past age 65, you're, you'll have that Medicare Part A, and then your work insurance is going to act like your Medicare Part B, where it covers you going to the doctor and, and all that kind of stuff. When you stop working and you don't have that coverage, now you need to pick up Medicare Part B, which is what covers you in the uh, if you go to the doctor, that you haven't paid for, and you have to actually pay a premium to have that coverage. So if you're still working um, and your employer is covering your, ins- covering your insurance, you don't want to use Medicare. Is that right? You wouldn't? So usually not. It, it depends, but but it's really your choice as you look at it because there's sometimes it's cost savings to to utilize Medicare and Medicare Advan- or Medicare uh, Part B and your Medicare supplement. Sometimes you can have some cost savings there, but usually what like we if, find is- Like if your employer charges you for insurance- that could be more expensive than if you just did Medicare. That's right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So so it's funny. When you get close to that age 65 time period, it's time to just look and say, am I getting my insurance the most efficient way possible? How do I do that? And, and should I be doing Medicare fully or should I stay on my work? So is that something that it, like our clients come in and they can ask you to like help them navigate that? Or do you like have... Yeah. How much do you dip your toe into that? So not much. We are not Medicare. So we will we will help with kind of how does it all fit together? And if I'm retiring early, how how long do I have with COBRA before I can start Medicare? You know, all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to things like Medicare supplement insurance, we're not the experts. We'll, we have uh, partners that we will refer people to, but but we're not the experts in the actual Medicare supplement insurance. Like picking which, because there's also like many that you can pick from too, yeah, from well, what and I'm... And that's, that's the part that gets really confusing for people is because... Uh, First, if if you haven't turned sixty four and a half yet, uh, just wait because your mailbox will be full Chock every full. single day of <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Uh, and and what it really is is it it appears to be far more confusing than it really is. So with Medicare supplement, again because the government is th- maybe that's involved. My, I, hey, that's that's my that's my flag and I'm flying yeah. it. So, uh, but the but what what happens is they will give you. Uh, I should back up. Uh, not they will give you. There are a handful of choices 
that you get to choose when it comes to Medicare supplement insurance. They're listed by letters. Uh, and as you look at those, they can be really confusing. Then you're going to get a bunch of mailings from a lot of different insurance companies. So all of a sudden, what it appears to be is I've got all of these choices mm-hmm. with all of these insurance carriers. How do I even weed through this to make a, a valued decision? And the the thing that makes it somewhat easy is that all of those letters that correspond with different types of coverage have to have the same coverage, whether you do it at Blue Cross Blue Shield, okay. United Healthcare, whomever your provider is. Those letters, if you buy policy G for Medicare supplement, whether you buy it from Mutual of Omaha or somebody else, it has to be the exact same coverage inside of that letter. Uh, so, so that's kind of the first thing that can make it easier. So now when you go to shop for that, you really are shopping a couple of different things. And it is apples to apples. It is. I, like I don't have that to, part at least. That's is nice. right. Yeah. I remember, you know, we can talk about apples to apples. I remember when Sarah and I built our house, uh, we had a bunch of landscapers come out and give us quotes, the designs and quotes for doing all the landscape around the house. And I remember at the time we were like, we don't know how to make this decision. Like, I don't know plants that well. Right. I don't know what it's going to cost. And and so we literally sat there and we went through each plan and we broke it down to dollar per bush. Oh my gosh. And, and dollar per tree, <laughs> yeah. dollar per stone for the wall, like to so that we could start to try to make some sense some out sense. of this. Yeah. Because it, everything was different from a bunch of different places. Where here, it's a little bit better because you don't have to worry about does an oak tree cost more than a mm-hmm. mulberry bush or whatever. Uh, and so, and so if I get plan G, Plan G is the same regardless across all insurance okay. carriers. So I really start looking at cost as one, obviously, because if I'm getting the same benefits, I might mm-hmm. as well look for mm-hmm. for a lower cost one. But beyond that, you don't want to just go with cost because you want to make sure that it's a reputable carrier and that the carrier is actually going to have an ease of payment. Uh, they're going to pay when they should, and it's going to be their claims paying won't be won't be terribly painful. Um, which is where really kind of bringing in that person that's an expert in it or, or a specialist can help. It's not so much that they're an expert in knowing the benefits because those are fairly straightforward. It's more they're an expert in knowing if you live in a certain zip code, this company has better pricing uh, and is good in that zip code. Um, so let's say this is just me not knowing really much about insurance in general, but okay, let's say that you pick the lowest cost because that's the most important to you, but it's with a company that isn't super reputable or well-known, let's say can like, would, could a doctor not accept that insurance because of that carrier, like based on carrier? So usually not. So what happens is uh, with Medicare, when you, when you're working, you're used to saying, Hey, is this doctor in my network? Is he out of my network? Now what you're going to start looking for is does this doctor accept Medicare? Okay. Uh, and if they accept Medicare, then that's okay. I'm in that lane. If you it doesn't will. matter what carrier it is. No, just usually Medicare. not. Now there's what's called Medicare Advantage, which we'll get into in a minute, which kind of confuses the whole thing again. But but for the most part, if you pick that carrier, it's a regular Medicare, regular Medicare supplement insurance. Then and the doctor is accepts Medicare, then you're fine. Okay. Uh, yeah, I feel like the CVS in town. I just realized doesn't accept our insurance and it's blue cross blue shield. And I'm like, how do blue cross blue shield and CVS not have some kind of, (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> partnership, but yep. so that just entered my mind. Like, yeah, no, for sure. Well, and what's crazy about all that is it's like, you don't know what you don't know, you know, cause, uh, we were, we just went through that in the house. Uh, one of the kids was looking to go to see a doctor and the Sarah called the schedule, the appointment. They're like, well, you're not in our network or, uh, we're not in your network type of a thing. But then we went online and I looked up the doctor and it is in our it network. Is. And I'm like, no, here you are here. And so I think they're even confused yes. sometimes. And so for us to be confused, it's is even just makes sense. So let's, like you said, let's get into kind of that Medicare advantage. Yeah. So what we talked about earlier with this, you've got Medicare Part A, Part B, this Medicare supplement, and then you've got your prescription drug uh, coverage. The what Medicare Advantage does is it actually says you don't have to do any of those things. You're going to have one place to go uh, through United Healthcare, let's say, and it's going to be set up like a PPO. So you have to go or or an HMO rather, uh, where you have to go to the doctors that are part of their network. Um, all of the money that uh, all, that would come from Social Security goes to them. And so now you're joining that Medicare Advantage program that's inside of this HMO, uh, and you have to follow the rules of the HMO. Now, the benefits there, there's some that are really nice. Like we had a client of ours uh, that lived uh, a little more rural. And uh, for him, when he scheduled an appointment with a doctor, the doctor came to his house. Uh, oh, wow. Because that was part of his Medicare Advantage program. Okay. Uh, because he lived in a rural area and, and that kind of stuff. So so that was pretty cool. The downside is if you don't have the doctor in the network or if you move, you know, that's a huge one. Uh, if people relocate and they're now in, you know, a different state, there might be no network no there. Network. Uh, and so there's a lot of risk. Some people, some people like it when it works, but there's also quite a bit of risk in going that route versus traditional so Medicare. So can you switch? Like, is there, um, is it kind of the same thing as insurance where you have to have like a major life's milestone to switch or is it at the end of the year or yeah, so what's hard with that is once you're into medicare advantage uh you can switch but you have to go through underwriting and so you can't the the insurance company could say we're not taking taking you, you anymore anymore uh what happens with medicare is when you uh turn 65 you have this window where you're guaranteed to get coverage it's a six-month window no matter what your health condition is you're guaranteed to get your medicare supplement insurance now, to be clear with that, a lot of times people have some confusion and say, "Hey, I'm 65, but I'm already I'm still working. Do I have to get my Medicare supplement?" It's six months after your 65th birthday, or after you stop working. Okay, whichever one is later. Okay. Um, so even though it's called Medicare Advantage, it's not. It can it be an can advantage, be. but it's not. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that kind of is some good marketing. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a misnomer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it sounds like you can like skip the line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. a fast it, pass. It's like fast pass. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, we'll get. That's a whole different episode because if you're buying fast passes, you're going broke and you can't. Uh, yeah, and I don't know that you want a fast pass when you're talking like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true enough. Yeah. Near the end of your life, I don't think you want a fast no, pass. No, no, yeah. Yeah. Like, can I have the slow we'll pass? pass? Yeah, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So another question that we kind of wanted to cover is um, talking about some of the big health type expenses people have that they aren't used to with Medicare. Yeah. yeah. And so what's kind of crazy with that is uh, 
so first, a lot of times people will think, I want to get all my health stuff done before I retire because I don't know what Medicare is going to cover or not cover. What we find is that for the most part, when somebody has a decent Medicare supplement policy, Medicare Part A and Part B, usually there is $0 out of pocket for procedures, uh, which is pretty cool compared to when I was working and I've got deductibles to make and all that kind of stuff. But what many times people don't think about is they no longer have dental coverage. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so that can be a big one when you get a little older. Well, uh, especially when you have to start having crowns or, Mm -hmm. you know, major work. I mean, it's not uncommon for us to have clients who have some dental issues to spend, you know, 10 to $20,000 on their their dental work. Um, And so so you've got to be, if, if there's anything you're going to do prior to retiring, Make sure your eyes, if you've got anything going on with your eyesight, because you don't have vision and you don't have dental when you're under those those Medicare supplements. I wish I would have known that. Ugh, Alex says grandma has such bad problems with both, and she is <laughs> past Medicare age. <laughs> grandma, we got to yeah. get your eyes and your teeth. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Let's see, we should put that in like a checklist, right? Yes. Like, uh, eyes, teeth. teeth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sign up for four hundred one k. Yeah. Well, and, and while we, you know, while we talk through some of that, you know, we've been talking a lot in the office and and starting to talk a little bit on the podcast about living that two comma life, and I think that that's all part of it. Where you know, when you think about two comma, what does that mean? It kind of means feeling like you're living in this place of abundance, this place where I don't have to worry about the day to day stuff. I don't. But it also means being very intentional with how I'm spending my money. It doesn't mean I'm frivolous with it. And so there are some of those things that if we are thoughtful about it and you know you have to have it done anyway, you can do it and not have that expenditure. Could you afford it? Sure, I can afford it. Is that the right thing to do? Is that being a good steward? Probably not. And so you know that I think that just kind of all goes with that, and, with that thought process. And to the two-comma life, quality of life. Yep. like. Getting back to the teeth and eyes, if if grandma had better eyesight and if her teeth were, you know, her mouth wasn't an issue, she could see us and she could eat whatever she wanted. Her yeah. quality of life would be through, through the, the roof. roof. Yep. And I mean, I don't, and that's just how it goes when you get older, I guess. Yeah. But if well, that's something you could control. Yeah. Well, and it's funny that you say that because uh, we see it a lot, not even just with, you know, like the, the, teeth and uh, eyesight stuff, but we even see it with clients a lot of times as their knees or hips start to bother them more and more and the doctors start saying, hey, we should really have replacement uh, conversation there. What we find is that a lot of times people will put that off and put it off and they'll lose five years of enjoying their life uh, when they could have done, and they end up getting it eventually. eventually. And they're like, oh, I feel so much better now. Yeah. And if we would have done it five years previous, yeah. we could have had a. So going back to the dental, like you said, did I understand you're saying Medicare doesn't include dental? None. Like there's no option for no that. Option. Okay. No option. Interesting. That yeah. stinks. Well, but, but if, yeah, it does. Uh, Cause you think if there's anything that it should cover, like uh, how many teeth do you have in your head usually? When yeah. You it's kind of important. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Huh, but then like knees would be knees would be yeah oh okay yeah that's surprising yeah I guess dental is always dental is always, always kind of different the different one yeah, yeah. get it together <laughs> well and the thing that's crazy ten out of ten 
patrons yeah. recommend yeah, having good dental, dental insurance. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't care what the seven yeah. out of 10 dentists we're, recommend. We're, we're going to social. Yeah. <laughs> Get out there. Starting the wave now. <laughs> Um, okay. And then just when should people look to get a policy? I mean, I know we said like 65 or when you stop working, but. Yep. And that's when, okay. you know, like, like we talked a little bit, you know, my, sometimes as you get to 65 and you have some of the, that choice, it might make sense for us to look and say, how do, you know, what's your best option and what's the less expensive option. Uh, but for the most part, it's once I turn 65 and, and I'm no longer working, uh, is the time to so you kind of can't you kind of have to wait till you're sixty four and a half to really start like seeing costs and picking plans and stuff. There's not really pre work you can do, no. right? You have to kind of wait till that sixty four and a half. Yeah, well, and, and so for clients as they start thinking about how do I plan for that, how do I know? Uh, it's kind of like uh, you know the like wait for it, wait for <laughs> it, fire drill, you yeah. know, like type of a thing. But but as you do planning, what we suggest is your Medicare Part B. Right now is going to cost you somewhere around 180 bucks a month. Uh, the I can give you, it's 164 dollars I believe is the exact number. But but I think tell people you know figure you're going to spend about 175 180 bucks for your Medicare Part B, and then when you think about your Medicare supplement insurance, figure that's going to be another couple hundred dollars or so. So if you budgeted 400 dollars a month per person in retirement, that'll give you a pretty good ballpark around. How much is it going to cost us, and, and how do we figure that into into our planning? And does that cost for Medicare isn't like based on per person? It is like it is what it is for yes, everybody. It's it not like it based is. on income no. or based on yeah. No, they set it. Uh, they set it and say this is what it is. Now it's funny you say that not based on income uh, because you can't be penalized. So if your income is too high then income too high, right? Yeah, like, right. Uh, but if your income gets higher, they will start increasing your Medicare premium. Uh, it's what they call IRMA limits. It's IRMA. Uh, okay. But the, and so what happens is, is you get close to retirement or, or entering retirement, we have to be careful with how much your income is because you could see that 164 turn into over 400. Oh, wow. Uh, per month if your income's too high. And so that's why for us, as we, as we work with clients every year, we'll look and do a calculation and say, where are your limits at? Should we be doing Roth contribute conversions? Should we be taking additional income or trying to hold back? Because, uh, what's crazy about that limit. If you go over by $1, your premium instantly goes up wow. versus if you go all the way to the top of the next bracket. And so we just want to be really careful and, and intentional with that. Okay. And that's something you, you would look at as your, approaching yeah, retirement so, or so using they, Medicare. They have like a two-year look back, if you will. So we want to be careful in the couple of years leading up to taking, taking okay. Medicare. And then once you're on Medicare, every year thereafter. Every year after. Yeah. Okay. Now your Medicare supplement, that's not income-driven, but your Medicare Part B is what's income-driven. Okay. And can you like decide, oh, I'm only going to do Medicare A and B and then not do you, others? You could. Uh, but but you it's leave not yourself a great choice. Open. No, yeah. you just leave yourself open to too much uh, risk. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Well, like we said, um, if you have questions about Medicare or just something random, you can email 
Um, yeah. and or hopefully comment. it's something more fun than Medicare, Medicare, Medicare supplement, right? <laughs> like, like, if you want to know like what curling iron I use yeah, or, or, or what beef sandwiches are served best, like <laughs> we have our own interests. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. Um, okay. Well that brings us, I guess, to our last kind of segment of the, the new format. Um, we kind of call it lessons learned around the table. Um, yeah, it's funny. You know, so that that's something that uh, Dad and I was. If people don't know, you know, we're brother and sister, yeah, right? Uh, I know we always and, forget to say uh, that. And uh, our dad was in the business with us uh, initially, and he and I always talked about we should really write a book around like, oh, what are lessons you learned around the, the kitchen table? And and really, it, it had kind of two parts to it. One was the lessons that you learn when you're sitting as a kid, and, and what wisdom is imparted from grandparents and parents and stuff. But at that time we did a lot of our business over the kitchen table. And so you learned a lot of things when you're sitting there uh, hearing about how clients did things and, and that kind of stuff. And so uh, thought we always thought we should write a book about it. And so maybe this is a way to, for us to kind of introduce that. Introduce concept that a little bit. A little. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so what are we going to talk about today, Katie? What's the lesson? So today the lesson is you can't expect your ship to come in if you never sail no boats. That's right. Uh, <laughs> we said that a lot. Uh, and really where that applies when we start talking about that two comma life is many times we work with clients that have this idea of what they might want, but it's an idea that for years they've kind of suppressed. They kind of said, oh no, we can't do that. It, maybe it started out when I was younger. I always wanted to do this, uh, but then kids came and, oh, uh, well, maybe when the kids get older or when we don't have to put them through school and then all of a sudden I get to retirement and or closer and I have a little more spendable cash and I forgot about what I wanted to do or it feels risky to try to do that. And and really when we start looking at it saying maybe we need to change that thought process a little bit. And if we want our ship to come in, we better sail a boat, right? And yep. uh, and that can be in business, right? I can take risk in our business and try to to make a lot of profit. It could be an in investments. I could take some risk. But really the way we look at it uh as we start thinking about those single digit millionaires and and stuff is how can I take some sail some boats creating the life that I intentionally want to create. Uh, and that's something that we've seen in clients. Uh, the most happy, most successful clients are the ones that even when they're in those places of, I got into a rut or I got into maybe rut's the wrong word, but I got into this routine. It's saying, wait, let me take a pause. What boat could I sail? Yep. And uh, let me find what boat I want. And, exactly. and sail it intentionally, not... Yeah, exactly. And and all of a sudden that turns into, we never thought that we could have a lake where the lake house, where the grandkids come and we teach them boating. Or uh, we never thought we could take an annual family trip and do this stuff. Or we never thought that we would be able to support a mission or a ministry or a charity to the degree we have. And now we've built uh, wells in 18... Uh, communities in Africa or whatever that looks like, you know, the, that if we don't stop and ask ourselves, what of these boats do we want to sail? Uh, it'll never happen. It'll never come in. Yep. So yeah. One of the lessons we learned. One of the lessons we learned. <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us today on this episode of the Retirement Readiness Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, I think I did. I did. Yeah, yeah. it was fun. <laughs> Even though Medicare is not always our most yeah. favorite topic. But. I learned a lot, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you just have to remember it for the next like 50, 50 years. years. And yeah. it'll change 50 times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we hope to see you on the next episode. And if you found any of this valuable, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and our Facebook page. Be well.